across the sea of character sheets, deep in the forest of D20s lies the mountain of source books. Alright, welcome to the Mountain of Source Books. We hope you enjoyed your climb. My name is Jeffrey Vincent Dale, and with me today is my co-host. Um well it it's awkward. Um it is Rose now. I've been thinking about changing my name again. And I say again, because yes, Jesse was the first time I changed my name. If this has not been very clear, I will make this clear. I'm trans. This has been a thing for a while now. <laughs> We'll actually be talking about that a little bit in one of these news discussion things. Um, not directly the thing that we're... I'm really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. New name. And to be fair to anyone else out there, I do not mind being called Jesse still. It's just I like this better. Yeah, so uh, Microscope is still on the horizon. Uh, yeah, stuff happened. Yeah, just... We'll get to it when we have the opportunity to get to it. It just hasn't been yet. It's been a rough, like, cascade of months. Yeah, unfortunately. For everybody. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Yeah, so this week we're just going to do some news discussion, because there has been quite a bit happening in the tabletop space. Some of it good. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We'll start with one of those ones that's pretty good. Critical Role has released the quick start rules for their new RPG, Candela Obscura. Yep. It looks very... The thing I like about it is that it's kind of designed to be closed. Like, it's not this, like, oh, you could go anywhere with this. It looks like it's taking adventures and being like, this is the whole of the game. As you go through and you build things, you're intended to stop at some point, which is usually not the case for most RPGs. And admittedly, my preference in RPGs is, you know, seeing where this starts and seeing where it goes. But I kind of like one-shot stuff, I guess. And also horror. Horror is good. Yep. And I, I like that touch of having it be set in the 1920s, essentially. That is dependent on how well it's done, although I haven't actually seen much of their writing staff, so I have no idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's not necessarily the 20s in our world, but like a 20s inspired setting in a different yeah. world. Very, like, not dissimilar from your kind of steampunky vibe where it's like, this is technically not our world. It's closer than it could be but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing like what the full rule set looks like. Yeah, it, from what I've seen, there's only so much I can really take from it, but I mean, it looks functional and it looks like it's not a bad game. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be something to try out on the podcast in one day. We'll see. I mean, it's good for our kind of one-shot standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that we're not ever going to do non-one-shots, but, you know. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to do, structurally, how to do that in mm-hmm. our game, because in our podcast, because I don't want to be playing the same game for, like, an entire year on the podcast and just yeah. have lose that uh, broader 
subject matter. I, I, I do like being able to touch on a variety of subjects throughout the year. So yeah, I, 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 every once in a while, I'll go back and think about structurally how we would do that. Maybe one day I'll figure it out. Yes. <laughs> no, no rush. Yeah, so Dungeons & Dragons increasing prices. How do they... The only good thing that has happened in that company is the movie in how long? <laughs> yeah, it's just been a really bad year. It's been bad for them, just across the board, just just stepping on all these rakes. <laughs> yep. And it's not a small increase either. No. 20% no. increase. Yeah, that's that's significant. Even the stuff is more expensive than it was when I was a kid, and that was like 20 bucks. If there was still the case for that, yeah, 25 is a significant difference. And it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, at least they're keeping the digital content the same price. That's nice, at least. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's an ulterior motive there, too. They're trying to move people to digital. Mm-hmm. That's another problem with get him in that ecosystem. Our entire society at this point. <laughs> I don't. Know, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I almost uh, drifted off into the video game world talking about the all digital part of that. But yeah, we'll yep. we'll stay on topic. <laughs> Look. It's fine. When you get a collector's edition, you just get a little slip of paper that says you have this game, and there's a code that you can put on this third-party software. Yeah, we had talked previously. I think it was actually just the previous uh, discussion episode about how this year's content wasn't really all that exciting in the first place. And with this announcement, I don't think I'm going to be getting much of it. No, I, I'm honestly kind of fallen so far out of, like, interest of D&D in general. Like, I've never, I've talked about this a bit before, I think, on the podcast. D&D is not my favorite game. It's kind of the game I play because other, everyone else is already playing it. Yeah. And it's the easiest one to start a game in. Like people are falling off of it too so it's like it's gonna stop being the easy one so mm-hmm. why would i continue playing it it's just kind of that feeling it's like like my uh, my tuesday gm he's like yeah we're gonna finish this campaign but i probably don't want to do dnd when we're done yeah i mean especially since now we've we've got like what four different alternatives coming up on top of uh wow. one we already have which it's also another problem because I've seen that happen before a lot. Yeah. Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah. Cut segues. Good segues. Yeah. Tales of the Valiant. Which I cannot grasp what they're even talking about. It's such a vague article. Yeah. It, I'm not entirely sure what they're going for with this. I mean, I. I like the idea of putting more thought into spellcasting and handling it differently. Yeah, I wish there were details. And the thing about it is it's still using 5e rules. Like, it is a Mm -hmm. update to things. And then the the details of it are so vague that it's very, very hard to tell. Like, 
my favorite was it's like yeah we're gonna give uh we're also gonna give like fighter characters additional things to do mm-hmm. like what 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 are we doing like what's the additional thing here i I see no information on this yeah there there is a quick start guide that they've released uh huh. on their website. I haven't had a chance to actually look through it, but maybe that outlines a little bit more of it in detail because yeah. Everything that I've seen from the actual announcements has been pretty vague. Yeah, it just looks like it's just some kind of variable tangent progression. And, like, it is different, but okay. it doesn't change much. It's kind of okay, I guess. Also, the layout, I mean, this is a like play test thing, so it's not fantastic. The layout is kind of hard to read, but also I have horrible ADHD. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all for innovation in the space. So if they manage yeah. to do some fun things with it, cool. Yeah. Maybe there'll be someone we can switch to to stop supporting horrible practices. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I haven't bought anything from them in a while. So, <laughs> yeah, I I made an exception to buy the movie because I mean. It was really good. It's a good movie, and it's good to have a good D- good D and D fiction. I, th- I think I've talked about this before, not on the podcast, so I, I should probably mention it here. There, there's been a dearth of like just terrible, terrible fiction mm-hmm. <laughs> all over the place, and just finding a movie that is fun and not awful in the space of TTRBG stuff is good because most of it is trash by like miles mm-hmm. all of the D&D movies are fantastic for bad movie nights if you have a D&D group but only if you have a D&D group it's <laughs> very important because if it's not a D&D group most people won't know why it's funny yeah, I I would say the first one is bad in the right ways that it could hold up even. Yeah, yeah. First one's okay for a non D and D group. The rest of them are just like, no, you like this. Just looks like a bad movie to you. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse. The third one is just painful. Yeah, I I have a copy of the second one, so we will be getting to that one eventually. Uh, but not yet. Uh, I'll mention it later on in, in the episode, but we are we are going to be doing a movie review very soon. So, Oh, we haven't done that yet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, to the listeners, um, I know about some things in the background, but I also don't know what order Jeff does things. <laughs> well, I didn't know what order I was going to be doing it in either. So. Yeah. <laughs> I intentionally just decided, all right, we're going to record a couple of things and it'll go up however order, whatever order it goes up. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, yeah, we'll see. I, if they put out good stuff, if Wizards puts out something good, I'll wait until the price goes down and buy it through some other third party seller. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And I, I have to be honest, like, I already have enough of their stuff that I really have no need for more, but it is just funny that it's, I'm just like, it's honestly been a while since it's just been like, this is something fantastic that's really good. Like, even the stuff that I did get, it's like, 
this was really hard to use and kind of clunky. Yeah, so we'll, we'll hope that one of the D&D alternatives comes out and is just fantastic and gives us a reason to switch over to something else. Would have done Pathfinder, but it's an ADHD nightmare for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard it's... A, D&D's already on the crunchy side for me in terms of what I like. It's a, a little bit high up there. It's not so much that it's crunchy, it's that there is like every character has about 55 different abilities and they're all situational and it's like mm-hmm. do I remember that I have this? No, I don't. In D&D, I have like seven spells cuz I'm playing a sorcerer. I don't remember which ones I have sometimes. This is not good for my brain. Yeah, it's just a lot to keep track of. And that is another thing on this this Tales of the Valiant announcement is that it sounds like they're at creating tools to help reduce the load on the GM. That is a good idea. I didn't see anything like that, but I also just skimmed it. So, you know. Yeah. I, like the, the announcement that we were reading was, was pretty vague on all the details, unfortunately, but yeah, it, it sounds like they're going to be releasing some tools that help DMS keep track of stuff. And I don't know. And then that brings us to, we got Girl by Moonlight. Yeah, Girl by Moonlight. That's a uh, certainly a title. Um, as mentioned. So, for those that don't know, Sailor Moon's very important to a lot of trans women in general. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go into that conversation. That's a long one. Um, no, it's um, it is a magical girl game that is based uh, done by the people who did uh, Blades in the Dark and it's kind of has a very I, I, I looked at the uh, play like play test that they have set out it's it is very uh, powered by the apocalypse feeling to it where it's like it has that feeling of like you have this like narrow field of things that you could do but it's all to like expand the narrative feeling to it and because a lot of it's about magic stuff you can kind of really do anything it's just you know specific but the thing that it's very significant about is it about it's about i the concept of dual identity and who you really are versus who people think you are and if the metaphor is not obvious um, (laughs) half of the devs are trans Um, (laughs) so it's very very important to me personally as a game and it's just interesting and good and there's a lot of different variation to it because like it's not just magical girl stuff there's also uh, mecha pilot stuff i'm 36 years old gundam was very important to me as well Uh, (laughs) yeah i'm a sucker for a good giant robot (laughs) Yeah, and they also do one that is um, uh, Madoka-based, which is a darker version of the magical girl genre. Um, I have other things to say about that, and I'm not going to. Um, and then my f- probably most favorite one that's like inspired by Serial Experiments Lane, which is a just fantastic, bizarre choice, but also very appropriate. And also a thing that I need to rewatch because I realized, oh my god, I was 15 when I watched that. I absolutely did not get what I was watching. <laughs> but yeah, so it, there's there, it's a there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, obviously, it's not done yet, so we'll see what happens. But there's a lot of good stuff. Um, there's 
a fun bit at the end called or like one of your abilities that's like very heavily inspired by like the concept but yeah like a lot of the ideas of your characters are based off of neurodivergences in general it's not just trans stuff for the, for those that are like oh that's all this is about no it's not that's just the thing that goes into my brain because that's where my brain is wired because i'm going through puberty right now <laughs> like you take a look at the, like the stranger for instance there's a whole process to this there's basically functionally like your normal level your transcendence which is basically your point where you're at like your highest i don't know what most of those do but when you're at your lowest which is called an eclipse there's something interesting for the stranger whereas it is basically you avoid like human attachment and focus on doing something practical and i don't know what that sounds like to you reminds me a lot of myself Mm. to say that i like to work on things at the expense of people to a certain degree and that makes a lot of sense for me um and they're they're all kind of like that i don't have them all memorized so i don't have any good examples but yeah it's like they're all different like characters and stuff yeah i like that they're putting that level of thought into it that is not just about the abilities of each of the classes being different, but that there's a certain approach to each one as well. And like all of the transcendences get like really wild and out there, but they're all moments. They're not the thing that you do all the time. It's a thing you build up to. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like in um, masks where you have your like moment of truth. I can't remember if that's what it's called or not, but yeah, that like you get this like twice in the game. Not so much of Transcendence, I don't actually know how often it happens, but like, in Masks, you get it twice in the game, and it's like, you do this big, huge moment, and it means something. Usually. I haven't seen it not mean something in Masks, (laughs) but, you know. That's the plan, though, is that it means something. Yeah, so it's they're doing a backer kit instead of a Kickstarter. Right, we haven't talked about like what they're doing yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, I ramble. I ramble. <laughs> by the time uh, this episode is up, there will be twenty-four days left. Okay, and there are twenty-three like, days they, left. They shot past their goal, by the way. They're oh yeah, they, they wanted thirty thousand. They have over 160,000. So As of they're the good. <laughs> uh, there's a 50 page free sampler on drive through RPG. We'll, we'll include that in the show notes. Yep. It's, it's very good. Very like full, but it's also a lot of text and I did not have time to read it because I had just found out about this. I set like a couple of days ago and I am very busy. <laughs> I really like the art. Nice and colorful. Yep. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to have, I mean, this this in particular, you need to have a lot of color. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's probably the funniest thing I've ever se- I've ever seen. Um, some, you know, the the whole dark reboot movie thing. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of making a dark and gritty Sailor Moon where there is no color is the funniest thing in the world <laughs> to me. And it, they're they're keeping the price really cheap too. It's only the hardcover is only thirty dollars. Yep. Uh, if you want to get a, I mean, I think that might be pre-production, um, like backer stuff. But yeah, if you want a 
copy of the game itself, I believe it's ten bucks, just like the PDF. Uh, it's fifteen dollars. Fifteen. Okay, yeah. And then the like big hardcover book is thirty, and that's not anything to sneeze at because that's a pretty good, pretty good deal. Oh, and also, if you get the PDF version now, they will give you a code. That says code to print on demand at cost yes. copy with drive through RPG. It's a soft cover copy, for it to be clear. But yeah, they did. They do have a um, additional thing that will give you like a cheaper version in case you're like, I don't want to buy a hardcover. But at the same time, it's also kind of like, but you already spent fifteen dollars. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so very cost friendly. I like that. Yep, and it looks like it's going to be a very good. I will say, it looks like a very good game. It looks like a very um, intense game emotionally. Mm-hmm. Not all groups are going to be down for that. I talked to Jeff about this, or like, yeah, I was kind of considering a different magical girl game, and this is maybe a bit more intense than our group is going. So maybe I'll try the game I was originally planning on in the first place. Yeah, well, we we probably will just end up going with Glitter Hearts in terms of playing it, but I did want to spotlight this. Yeah, no, I, I this is very this extremely important. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like there's a lot of um, queer devs in general that I've seen in the past and none of them get a whole lot of traction. This is done very well, so I'm extremely happy about this. Yeah, and everything that I have ever bought from Evil Hat has been mm-hmm. quality. Yes. That's so. also very true. They're um, Yeah, I don't think we talked about it. They're the studio that does um, Monster of the Week, correct? Uh pretty sure they do yeah thirsty sword lesbians blades in the dark and monster of the week oh yeah thirsty sword lesbians i'm just talking about how queer devs so much anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um yeah the thing no i i did i have actually heard of that one before but i didn't think it, i didn't know it was them i also don't have a group that i can play that with. <laughs> <laughs> i might just back it just to support it just because it i mean you could tell there's a lot of love in this product yeah it's very a lot of personal very very personal love in this game (laughs) oh like i i'm not even like that in tune with the community and i just feel it by reading it like oh (laughs) all right and then our last item here a game that I've been excited about since before it was even announced because I wanted to put something together and just didn't have the resources. Yeah, you, you still lived in the tops when you wanted to play this game. This has been like a <laughs> long, long running game. Uh, almost a decade at this point. I have a character to run this. I have a character for this game that you are never running. <laughs> I'm never getting to play. <laughs> But yeah, the, the game in question is Fallout, the role-playing game. They have announced that they are putting out an adventure called Winter of Adam. The thing I really like about it is it looks very community-focused, which is um, a thing that I do a lot in RPGs, is where I do not focus on the big, sprawling adventure. I focus on building people up instead, because that's fun. Because I like seeing settlements thrive, and that seems to be what this kind of is 
Or you could horribly destroy it in awful, awful ways because Fallout is kind of bleak. Yes. <laughs> bleak and funny at the same time. Yeah, it's that level of, oh, I should not be laughing at this. But I am. <laughs> yeah, it's an adventure for characters level 1 to 21, which sounds like a lot. I do remember um, it not being like as significant to level in that game as D&D, but that's still a pretty long game. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's adding the ability to play as synths, protectrons, and children of the atom. Uh, I did not know about that. That's new information to me. Yeah, it looks like a just like big campaign. There's you know actual villains, um, but they're also seemingly morally gray, which is I wouldn't question. I would I wouldn't put that words. That's the words they use for the record. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that so much, but I have very specific morals. So shrug. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm less thrilled with the games being really closely tied to the Fallout 4 setting. Mm, yeah, there's that um, problem. I wish they just picked a new region. Just, hey, Bethesda, is there a city that we can use that you're not going to use? <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, gone back to an older setting that we're probably not going to revisit in the games. Like the uh, coast from the first one or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's not a huge problem, but I just would have preferred something different. I, I, I like new stuff in that setting because, like, I always like seeing, like, oh, this city acts differently than this other city, even though it's all just a horrible, horrible wasteland. Like, it's they're not all the same. Yeah, if we ever do play this, I'm changing the setting. We're we're setting it in Akron because I lived there for a while. <laughs> no longer. I don't think either of us live that close to Akron anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. We didn't dox ourselves this time. We almost yes. did it once. We <laughs> almost did it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the the price on the Fallout the, on that Winter of Adam expansion is only forty four dollars right now. For something that big, that's not too bad because I know most big D and D adventures usually come in like books of like eight little booklets, which are all like ten bucks each. Yeah, and then of course now Wizards of the Coast, they're going to be seventy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's the same around. It's it's like two hundred fifty pages. Yep. So it's it's a little bit shorter than a Wizards of the Coast book for now a little more than half the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I want to support this one as well because I love Fallout. I love that it's finally got an RPG after the last attempt was mid-ling? killed by a purchase, a company purchase. Yeah, very middling at best. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Also, was not that great of a game. I can say that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on this. I, yeah, I mean, I, I know me. I'm going to buy this eventually. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> There's a reason we have this podcast. <laughs> yes, 
One more book for the mountain. <laughs> yeah, that'll be all for this week. Our next episode will be in two weeks on June 13th. It will this time. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that episode is going to be a spoilery, a spoilery discussion of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves with a special guest. We hope you'll join us then. I actually don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And with all that said, thank you for joining us, and be careful on your way back down the mountain.